You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Bowtech Archery prides themselves on offering a bow for everyone. Whether you have a short draw length, a long draw length, pull 70 pounds or 40 pounds, you're a bow hunter or a target archer, they offer a bow that can be customized to fit your body type. On top of that, their deadlock technology allows you to fine-tune your arrow flight. Visit BowTechArchery.com and check out the SR350 and the CP28. Bowtech Archery, refuse to follow. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and uh, man... It is, what time is it? It's 9.19 in the morning when I'm recording this intro. And my my kids are out of the house. They're back in school. And I have this overwhelming feeling like I want to go day drink or, or go have a, have a, a me day. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. But the last two weeks, no joke, my son and my oldest son and my daughter have been fighting like cats and dogs i mean going bananas on each other like just walking by making little comments at each other bumping into each other oh that's not fair this isn't fair you know just like i don't know how many of you can relate but it is it is like emotionally frustrating to the point where i like i just have to try to ignore it because i I would literally spend all day intervening and so finally it's just like get outside go outside or, or shut up where I come to my office and try to do work to try to get you know all of it done but guess what they're in school now they're other it's somebody else's problem so if you're a teacher huge shout out to you I don't know how you guys do it I don't know if you're heavily medicated or, or what the deal is but Everybody knows this. Teachers should be getting paid way more money than what they do because uh, I don't think I could ever, ever in a million years be a teacher, especially for someone 18 years to 
I don't know, maybe first or second grade when they stop being cute and they start becoming assholes. Like, imagine sitting in a classroom and some kid tries to tell you that you're wrong. Like, I couldn't accept that, and so I'd probably yell at him. So I could probably be a preschool teacher. I could probably be a kindergarten teacher because really all they do is fun stuff, right? And I can, I'm a big kid anyway, so I feel like I could be a good maybe preschool teacher. But uh, I like hunting and talking about hunting way more than I do uh, (laughs) uh, teaching kids things other than my own kids, I guess. So anyway, that's where I'm at today. Uh, I'm, I'm celebrating, right? I actually, I have two backstraps on in my smoker right now. And as soon as I'm done editing this, I'm going to have an early lunch. I'm going to have a brunch, a backstrap brunch. I'm going to fry up some eggs and uh, I got, they're almost done. They're almost done. I think I'm going to try to get them to like 135 internal temperature. I got a brand new smoker. I've been using the shit out of it lately. And and uh, so I got some back straps that I'm going to enjoy here in about an hour. But this podcast that you're going to listen to today should have happened, I want to say, almost a year ago in September after I got back from my last Nebraska hunt. So long story short, <laughs> this just sounds weird, but I met a guy online. We decided to hook up and go <laughs> and go on a hunt in Nebraska, and we and, and that is what this podcast is about. We're going to be talking with Jason Thibodeau. I met him online. Um, he reached out to me and was like, "Hey, dude, if you want some tips, and you know, it sounds like you're going to be in the same area as me. I've been there before. If here's you know here's some uh, advice. Here's you know." what to think about when you're out there and we started talking and and basically said hey dude look why don't we just go out together and so and so we did and again this is what this podcast is about some highs some lows um some very good uh good things happened in this trip some very bad things happened in this trip as far as lack of communication and so we kind of walk everybody through the the ups and downs of this trip so that hopefully if you're planning on going on a a trip with somebody for the first time and you have no idea who they are or how they're going to react in certain situations this might be one of those I guess you would call it kind of a warning sign uh, like a warning like hey be sure to think about this before you do that so um really fun episode this this dude's awesome and actually uh, i'm hoping to get on another hunt with him uh in the near future too so huge shout out to jason for taking time out of his day to hop on before we get into today's podcast though we've got to do some commercials huge shout out to vortex optics um these guys just have the optics game nailed right spotting scopes range finders uh rifle scopes red dots binoculars if you're looking for a very you know when it's when it's time to hunt you got to know what you're looking at and uh, these guys have a variety of optics to choose from and they're the best in the biz if you ask me awesome customer service and they have the vip warranty to where when you decide to uh if, if your binoculars or optics break whether it's your fault or somebody else's fault you can uh turn it in back to them they will send it to them they'll fix it for free and they'll send it back to you and it's basically as good as new and there's no charge to you so huge shout out to vortex optics go check it out vortexoptics.com hunt stand man uh i'm a little tired today i'm talking fast because i'm just jacked on coffee but last night 
in bed, should have just went to bed, but instead I pulled up hunt stand for just an idea in my head of, you know, an access route. And sure enough, that turned into an hour. So instead of being in bed at 11, or excuse me, at 10, I was in bed at, shit, like 11.15. I, I finally, and then obviously I sit there for another 15 minutes trying to fall asleep. So uh, hunt stand is is great, is a great, I mean, there's so many really awesome things that you can do with hunt stand. And really what you need to do is go to huntstand.com, read up on all the functionality. It It's the most popular hunting app for a reason, right? Not only is it affordable, but it has the most functionality. So go check out huntstand.com. Uh, Wasp archery, man, shooting broadheads. I'm like, I want to say 17 plus 10. Uh, so I'm like 27 days out, I think, from my first hunt. And so I'm getting pretty excited. I'm going to be going to Nebraska again solo this time. And I'm just going to be shooting from the hip, trying to connect on a mule deer, trying to connect on a uh, either a mule deer or a, a whitetail. And first legal buck I see. So uh, I, I'm, I'm the archery game is now elevated. I got my arrow set up that I need. I got my head set up. And uh, I'm only using wasp because that's what I feel confident w- with. Um, awesome design and awesome, uh, awesome design, awesome materials. And that makes for a badass podcast or a badass broadhead, whether you're looking for a fixed blade or a mechanical, go check out wasp. And lastly, I was in my tree house and, uh, I built a tree house for my kids several years ago and, uh, I was up in that shooting out of my saddle. And so if you're looking to get in the saddle game, what I would recommend doing is going to the uh, tethered YouTube channel and checking out all the educational programming there that they have on how to use a saddle, how to get comfortable with it. And then when you end up buying a saddle, whether you're looking for climbing sticks, a platform or um, an actual saddle and saddle accessories, you can just go to their website and they got a whole bunch of information there as well. So uh, if you're looking for a saddle, go check out tethered. And then from there, I think we're we're good to go with commercials. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, maybe jump on the show. Or if you're looking to, I don't know, you have somebody that you think I should, uh, someone that you think I should interview. Or if you are a, a manufacturer of a product and you want to talk on the Hunting Gear podcast, hit me up too. So uh, I think we're good to go. Let's get into today's I guess, uh, educational podcast about hunting buddies with uh, Jason Thibodeau. Three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Jason Thibodeau. Jason, what's up, man? Not much, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. good. I just took a sip of a, a summer shandy to kind of start the wind down process of my day. I feel like it's been one of those days where... I woke up and like Speedy Gonzalez just took off until right now. And I finally slowed down and get to talk to you. Yeah, that that's a, that's a typical Monday. I got a, I got a little drink myself. So I'm, I'm sitting on the couch and just relaxing now. Yeah. So it's summertime and I know you, we've been on a hunt together, uh, but I'm not going to really introduce you. The only thing I'm going to say is that I, I know what you're doing 
for a living and summer is your busiest time. It sounds like summer's your crazy time of year. So why don't you tell everybody where do you live and what do you do for a living? Well, I live in uh, Northwest Illinois, uh, own a small landscape business and uh, have two kids and a wife and just haunt, man. Uh, right now, yeah, it's crazy busy. Um, trying to schedule stuff out so that way we can simmer down towards hunting season here. So, yeah. How late does the the landscaping season usually run for you? Because there's a shutdown point at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, generally, though, I mean, it seems like every year I work almost up till Christmas, it seems like. Um, as long as we don't get snow and the ground's not too hard, we'll, we'll work all the way up till about Christmas, and then I'll shut down for about three months. Gotcha, gotcha. So... I think you said you do some mowing, like uh, commercial mowing, right? Yeah, we, we mow three days a week, and then uh, the other uh, three days we um, landscape, do uh, hardscape projects, walls and patios and such, and then uh, Sunday is a uh, family day. Yeah. Here's a little story you probably don't know about me. I built a retaining wall once with some uh, retaining wall bricks, and it looked like shit. And I had somebody tell me it looked like shit. And so instead of, I, I took the whole wall down and I just leveled the ground instead. And it took, it took me forever. I probably should have just left the retaining wall up, but uh, it did look like garbage. So I'm glad there's professionals like you out there who can make a <laughs> retaining wall look good. It, yeah. It's, it's kind of amazing. Cause a lot of customers, you know, they, they don't know all what's entailed. And then, you know, you get to the job and, and they look at it after day number one and they're like, oh my gosh, I thought this would take you a week to get this far. And yeah. it's like, uh, I mean, it could, you know, if I wanted it to, but you know, <laughs> I got other stuff. <laughs> right. Right. All right. So landscape, you own a landscape business. Is that part of it? You know, cause a lot of us have, you know, wish we were doing something that would allow us more hunting time or to take trips throughout the year. Do you, have you set your life up to where, I don't know, you're not working in a factory or you're not working in a cubicle somewhere. Did you, is, did this all come about on purpose just so you could spend more time hunting and in the outdoors? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, when I was uh, 10 years old, I started baling hay and I mean, I grew up out on a farmhouse and everything and uh, we always worked outside and you know, my first job, full-time job while I was in school was, uh, on a grounds crew, um, at a college. And, uh, from there it just kind of took off. I tried working a, a factory job as a welder and that lasted about three months, ended up back outside and I've done that gig since. And truthfully, I mean, I don't know what I would do differently. Uh, you know, I used to plow snow in the winters, but now obviously I, I like to spend time with my kids during the winters and then uh, it, it sets up pretty good for hunting as far as that goes. Cause I, you know, I can, I can notch it back a little bit work wise, you know, come October, I know, know what's coming and I can schedule out a trip here or there. Yeah. Uh, so it works pretty good. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about how we met. Cause this is, this is kind of an interesting story. Internet. Right. Basically, I believe you listened to the you listened to the podcast and then you reached out to me uh, once you heard I was going to be going to Nebraska for a hunt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I listened to a podcast and you were going solo and stuff. And I thought, 
hey, you know what? Here's an opportunity. I'm going to be going by myself as well. Um, last year was going to be my third year going out. And I kind of heard where you were going in the area. And I thought, well, let's bounce ideas off of each other and, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think what it just, it took us about all of a week to say, hey, why don't we go together? Why don't we just hook this up? It, only because of where we are, like you're just further east than me, just a little ways. And I, we, we both would travel down the same road to get to the same place. So it was an, it was one of those things where it was an e easy meetup point at my dad's place and you drive there, I drive there, we meet up and then we head out together for a majority of the trip. So from a logistics standpoint, as far as the travel was concerned, it just kind of seemed it was a no brainer. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when, when you said kind of whereabouts you were and your dad lived and stuff, I thought, yeah, this is a straight shot. And I mean, outside of, you know, your wife calling me a creeper and stuff, and my, <laughs> my wife, my, my wife pretty much saying the same thing. Well, yeah. are you a creeper or is this guy a creeper? You know, and it was one of those deals. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I probably know him better than he knows me. So, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about this, uh, this this part of it because I feel like there's definitely an opportunity here for <laughs> I don't know I don't know why this sounds so bad for dudes to hook up and go hunting <laughs> so the way that sounds is it, it just is horrible but um so but there's an opportunity here online right just people communicating and I'm sure we're not the first uh two dudes to go out west and and go try to hunt mule deer, but, Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I go ahead. I, I just, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was excited about it. And especially from the part where you had a couple years of history out there already before me, and it was an opportunity, you know, we talked on the phone for, I don't know, like, like multiple weeks before we even made the decision. I think of even uh, if we were going together, like to get a feel for each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, so the only thing that was really different as far as uh, me going last year is I was going about a month earlier than I had yeah. been. So, so I wasn't real sure on time wise, like, you know, how the deer were going to be, where they were going to be or anything like that. And I just, you know, scheduled my work around it and, you know, it worked out good. You know, it was, uh, it was fun for me to experience that mm -hmm. it was, you know, uh, weather wise, cause that was the earliest I've been out West. Yeah. So the, what, when did you go on your first trip out? To, and and we went out to Nebraska looking for mule deer, uh, just so everybody here is clear. Uh, what time did you go the previous year? Uh, mid October. Mid October. And so, yeah. what was the what was it like out there in mid October uh, that year? The year previous to uh, uh, that we went. Well. Uh... I mean, truthfully, you know, one, one month later on the calendar does a lot weather wise. And it seemed like, I mean, we had everything from, you know, snow and ice and rain, uh, cold temperatures to by the end of the week, it was 75 and sunny, yeah. uh, when, when I first went, um, and then, you know, when you and I went, I mean, we had 95 degrees and thunderstorms and it was, it was different, you know, preparing for it that way. Um, so, I mean, I think you can get a mixed bag of elements, especially if you, you know, go one month and then yeah. that's all it takes. It, it literally could take a week or two, you know, but, um, as far as like deer movement and stuff towards the end of that trip, when I first went, 
the Bucks were separating up, uh, and they were they they got out of their bachelor bachelor groups, and they were you know starting to find does or just you know roaming around by themselves, which was kind of nice because I'm sure as you noticed, it's a lot harder to hunt several eyes, you yeah. know, and uh, it, it was it, that part was kind of fun because we could isolate one here or there, and and that that was a good part of it. But I think truthfully, you know, if you went you know, third, fourth week of October, obviously you're going to be even better. Cause I mean, yeah. but that's just personal preference. Yeah. So when you were, when you were out there, you saw some decent, you mean you saw some decent deer, you saw some decent deer movement. Yeah. Yeah. So the first year, um, I mean, we, we kind of ran around like crazy looking for a spot to go. Um, after we had like 75 mile an hour winds come in and had to get a hotel and everything, um, we, we spotted a group of bucks and decided uh, we're going to go get the hotel for the night and then we'll be back here in the morning. Well, with those strong winds brought a bunch of snow and the snow was actually icing on the cake because, I mean, we were actually able to find tracks and find deer. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that was pretty cool. Uh, the, the next year that I'd went, uh, which was which would have been the year before you and I had gone, um, we kind of bounced around a little bit, you know, and we, we made this, you know, the top, or we made this comment about why are we leaving deer to go find deer? And it kind of stuck with me because we ended up yeah. back at the first place we started at and that's where the deer were, you yeah. know, and, and we, in hindsight, we should have stayed there. And that was something I learned, you know, um, Nebraska wasn't my first Western state. I'd been to Montana a couple years and, and killed a two mule deer with a rifle and stuff. Um, so I had a little bit of knowledge of it, but Nebraska terrain, especially where we went is different where I went in Montana, you know? So what was the, the what was the difference there? Um, well, to me, I mean, like when I went, uh, to Nebraska the first year, uh, I just say it, uh, we went to the Northwest corner and that terrain it, to me is like a little Idaho, you know, obviously you're not as high elevation, but you can get into some pretty steep and rugged stuff, yeah. uh, which which is kind of deceiving when people think about Nebraska because they think, you know, sand hills and, you know, no trees or they yeah. think ag. And um, that little corner, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so you'd been out there before, all right? You're, you reached out to me. I expressed interest back. Um, when, when reaching out to me, and you can – you can talk however you want about like you reached out and said, or I don't know who brought it up, but there, it was almost mutual of, Hey, maybe we could go out together and, and try this hunt together. Was there anything that any stipulations or anything, maybe people should, I don't know, like, because I didn't really know you, and the only reason that I agreed to it is is after I got to know you through phone calls, right? So, right. I'm I'm trying to ask the question here of you, we we had these phone calls. Was there anything that I would have said, or had done, or expressed in what I was looking for versus what you were looking for that would have made you say, well, maybe this isn't a good fit. I, I think I'll still go by myself. Well, I mean, truthfully for me, 
I think, uh, you know, obviously me listening to your podcast and stuff, I get a pretty good feel of like who you are. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, we're very similar in age. Our kids are very similar in age, you know? So there was a lot of common ground that I started with that was like, Hey, you know what? This might not be that rough to take. Now, if, if you were to approach me and say, well, I only stay in a hotel and we only get one bed and you got to sleep with me. No, dude, I'm probably out. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we so, have to conserve water and shower together. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Okay. So, um, so a lot of common ground age, a lot of common ground in, you know, just relatable conversation wise. I mean, the, the drive out there was a really good, com- you know, just two dudes, con- you know, conversating. Um, was there anything else that maybe you would have said, well, maybe this w- wouldn't work out if I, if I mentioned it? Um, I mean, well, okay. Yeah. I guess one big red flag would have been if you didn't play by the rules. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just, to me, that's just common law, common ground. And, you know, if people are looking to reach out to somebody, you know, obviously try to find out if the guy's a straight shooter and, you know, if he's going to go out and try to tag something illegally or, you know, hunt a spot he's not supposed to or climb a fence he shouldn't, you know, obviously that's a red flag. You know, if you would have said that to me, I'd have been like, nah, I'm going by myself. Yeah. So any comments like, Hey man, I'm okay with jumping a fence to go get the big ones. Something like, you know, those type of comments. Oh yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, you you know, there comes a point obviously, you know, when, if you shot an animal and it went onto neighboring property, you call the DNR, you, you exhaust all your avenues, you know, and, and if that guy's still going to go try to get that animal when he doesn't have permission, nah, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't have any interest in that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you obviously that's a rules and regulation thing. So, um, so long story short, it worked out. All right. We, we, we kind of had an idea of where we were going to go right off the bat, how we were going to do this. I mean, we got in, we, you actually, what you worked half a day on, was that a Friday or a Saturday that (laughs) we left? It was a, it was a Friday. I, I actually, so I've gotten in the habit of I'll work Friday. I'll come home for a couple hours, see the family and stuff. My truck's already packed in the other truck and pretty much drop one truck off, grab the other truck. And then I leave and I try to leave by, you know, six o'clock. Um, and then I generally just drive straight through. Um, so it's, it's a day, a full day of work and then a full, you know, 12, 13 hours of driving to get to the destination. So It is a lot, but I like to use every second that I can being that I'm self-employed instead of trying to figure out one more day just for travel. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that was kind of where we had, uh, a, I guess, a little bit of disagreement. It wasn't it wasn't like overwhelming for me to to say, ah, yeah, screw it. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I. Right. So we got to. We got, we met to my dad's and that was a, uh, hour and a half drive for me. How, how long was it? Like uh, two or three hours for you? Yeah, it was about three hours. Three hours. And you know, I mean, yeah. And, and to kind of back up too, you know, I mean, I completely understand like every, everybody looks at me funny, like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna leave right after work and drive straight through overnight. 
Yeah, I get it. But, you know, like I say, doing what I do, it's it's a really good option that I have just so I can utilize one more day. Yeah, absolutely. And I got on board with that. I, it wasn't anything that I it was, you know, weighing. And, and we both, you know, we both uh, had it, you know, we had it out there and and uh, we were driving and I I started to get you know, we met at my dad's, you put all the shit in my truck, your stuff in my truck. And we started heading out. And I think we were about, oh, almost halfway through Nebraska before I just couldn't do it anymore. Like I, I, I had to pull over and I think we, I don't know, we pulled in some town square somewhere in some real small town and slept for what hour and a half, maybe. Yeah. I was going to say we slept by the public library for about an hour and a half. So And which when we woke up, I mean, it gave us enough time to get to the closest town of where we were, where we were going. And then we decided, you know, we, we got dressed and, and, uh, we're, we were able to make it to the first location at, at daybreak, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It was at daybreak and it was, it was kind of comical because I mean, you know, really we probably could have hunted, um, I mean, but you know, we saw a deer and everything right away. Yeah. So that was, that was, uh, it was perfect timing as far as that goes. Yeah, for sure. And so this is, this is where I don't want to say the, because we had some, we had some disagreements and a couple of them were pretty major <laughs> in this trip. Yeah, well, we, we have yeah. since talked about it and, and, you know, we're, we're guys, so it's all water under the bridge, but this is where I think a, a scenario like this, this is me being the first time that I met you, you being the first time that you met me. And we had our nice dial turned all the way up and maybe didn't <laughs> maybe didn't express how we really felt about certain scenarios right and Heck so yeah, yeah i agree yeah and so what what happened was you made the comment already and that that is the name of the game this that that's what i'm probably going to title this podcast is don't leave deer to find deer and so what happened was what did we do like we saw two or three really good mule deer bucks crossing out of the public into a private piece right off the bat on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. When we got there, right. When we got there. And so I don't know why, but I was like, Hey, let's go check out a different spot. You know, like let's put, let's, let's do some driving. And what I, what really didn't sink in for me was that you had two years of previous experience on this, on this spot. Right. Right. So, so, and this is where the nice factor comes up. I think what happened was I made a couple suggestions. You voiced your opinion, but was like, Hey dude, I'm down for whatever. Right. And so, yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. So what happened was, what did we do? We left deer to go find deer and, and we left that spot and, and we went to a different spot, did some hiking and, and it just, didn't work out. Now I forget the first night. Did we stay at the, did we stay at the spot or did we go? No, did, we, we, uh, we, we had to get a hotel. Yeah. Be, because Cause, uh, cause the, we, we got caught out in that thunderstorm. That's right. And everything got wet on night one. We were soaked. Yeah. Night one. So, but, but what I'm getting at is, is 
that morning we got out, we went on a big hike, went to go hunt a property, did some glassing, lots of trees, basically unglassable. Then again, I had some intel that was good. It ended up being good intel, but you had that, that sp- the original spot that we checked and we left again and we went this time. It was like, man, I don't even remember like uh 45 miles away, maybe an hour. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was almost an hour drive. Yeah. An hour drive to the new spot. And then, I mean, we saw deer that night, yep. but it was from a glassing position. But then on the, on our way out, we just got, we just got drenched. And so, and so at the end of day one, we were all wet and we were in a hotel. Were were you questioning anything at that point? Not really, because it was day one. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and on day one, you know, I look at it like I'm going to gather as much information as I can. And, And obviously I had that previous history. So I knew in the back of my mind, we could always end up there. Yeah. It, it was kind of, let's go with the flow. Maybe he's got something better that I haven't seen. And, you know, so we went to my original spot, drove past it. We went to another spot I knew, uh, and, and that's where we did the glassing in the trees. And then we went to a new spot that I'd never been to, which you had intel on. And actually, it to me, it looked really cool. Yeah. And that's where we ended up on day two. Yeah, that was the the start of day two was a big overlook, glassing a whole bunch of bottoms and, and – um, we saw deer, right? Oh yeah. Um, we yep. saw, we saw some deer and this is where, so like we saw the deer. I don't think we saw any legal bucks that day though. And, no. and we saw, Oh, and we saw, remember we saw a whole bunch of coyotes Yep. that were blowing out those, those draws, I believe. Um, yep. so there was that. And then I think we just went on kind of a big drive. Uh, because it was, it was, I don't know, like, I really, I, I wish we would have done this podcast. I know, I know we bounced it back. I wish we would have done it right after we got back from the trip yeah. last year. Yeah. So everything was fresh on our minds. But the, the, the story is, is that we, we had this map, right? Like, I had all my spots that I had intel on. Like I called some, you know, one actually, to be honest with you, one of the guys that worked for the state of Nebraska, who was a mule deer hunter, gave me all these spots. And he's like, you need to check out this area. Not like this drainage, but go check out this piece. Go check out this piece. Go check out this piece. And and instead of sitting down and focusing on one spot, what ended up happening is you're, like I, th- I convinced you, even though you didn't want to do it to, <laughs> to, to start moving around the entire Western part of Nebraska. Right. <laughs> and, and so, and so what happened was I, I, I look back at that and I go, God, this was so stupid. We were in a car more than we were hunting uh, on some days. And, I think the one day, yeah, we spent like eight hours driving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate hate mosquitoes. (laughs) Oh oh man, we got you got you got to tell. I thought, man, I thought that spot was golden because I I found a shed and I thought, oh, okay, all right, we'll find something. Just just crawl up to the next point. Crawl up to the next point. We got so far in there, I don't think we realized how far we were. 
And then all of a sudden it was like, well, we better get going back. And yeah. when we started going back, the mosquitoes, I, I have never been attacked by mosquitoes so bad in my life. I took off like I was running like I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you put on the afterburners and you were just like, you I were did. like, you were like two ridges over already every like, cause at that part, part of the, we were in some uh, public on, on the sand, in the sand hills and yep. it was just these big sweeping hills and you just were roasting me. And I was like, <laughs> now this guy's fucking pissed. <laughs> and then, hey man, wait up. yeah. Hey man, and, wait and I was up. like, and I, I, and I was just like, I know he's pissed. I'm gonna let him go. And, and, uh, we like finally get back to the truck. We're not talking to each other at all. I had a temper tantrum. Yeah. But, but I was pissed too. Right. Because I was pissed because it was the, it was a spot with some Intel that I had got. And, and I was almost, cause by that time you had said you had, you, you had mentioned the don't, don't leave deer to find deer several times. And I just was not taking the hint. Right. I, I just, right. I was like, hey, well, I heard this spot's good. And I heard this spot's good. Let's go to this spot. Then let's go to this spot. And so we get, uh, and then here's this, this one road's like 40 miles long, but it doesn't have an outlet to the interstate. So we thought it was going to go. And then we're like 30 minutes down this road and we're like, there's no outlet here. Had to turn around. And then it was like a three hour drive back at, at night to get to a town so that we could hunt the original property. It, I'm pretty sure it was the original property that next morning right yeah and it was the weirdest thing because when we went out there you know i lost phone service and stuff when we left the closest town and then yeah. you know we're on gravel roads and stuff and then we you know we hook around to where we want to go we drive through all these ranches and whatever and then all of a sudden the road is paved but yeah. it's only paved like nine feet wide yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, i mean it was the strangest thing but it was a nice beautiful blacktop road that yeah. went to nowhere 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 and I, I have a feeling it's because of ranchers saying hey we in order to get our cattle out of here we need a better road and so they you know they made a they made a secure road but right but so there was miles driven without any words spoken to each other right <laughs> <laughs> like i was pissed you were pissed and we we didn't really have an argument it was more just no. like like, bah, 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 bah. like <laughs> fucking two grumpy assholes, basically, right? <laughs> so, a couple pit bulls for a minute, and then there comes the red meat, and then they're good. Yeah, and so finally, I was just like, dude, I I am sorry. Like, man, I really f have fucked these first two or three days up, and and I'm sorry. Let's get back to 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 this, and then I think like after. Like we were, we were a little salty at each other getting into the hotel room. Cause we got back, we got a hotel room, got a good night's sleep. And then that next morning we headed out, we, we had, we had a game plan at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, well, and yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and you know, we, 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 we just slept on it. You yeah. know, it was one of those things like we slept on it. We got over it. We, you know, we we're going back to where deer were. I, I will back up though, because I think part of maybe your thoughts and I, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but part of it was there was people already hunting at the first spot that yeah. I had Intel on. Yeah. 
And you were hesitant on that, I think. Yeah, I was a little hesitant because all of so we went we went there and there was a group of guys who had intel on that area from previous years hunting too, right? Yep. So yep. when you went out in October, there was no right, there was nobody there. No, I, I mean, in two years of going out there before you and I, uh, I think we probably saw a couple of ranchers go by on side-by-sides, and there were some local college kids that came out one night, but that was literally it. I yeah. mean, it, the whole place was to ourselves. So Yeah, so I believe we were out there the second week in September this, yeah. this past time, and so yep. uh, we ran into a group of guys uh, who they pretty much got there and they camped out in one spot. And this is where I think my hesitancy laid in because all all of the spots that you really wanted to hunt were right where they were at. And so as far as as far as that particular piece, right? Not right. not the not right. the one down the road. So I was just like, man, if we can't get to that spot, what are we trying to do? Blah 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 blah. And so I, I almost was like talking myself out of trying to work around that or seeing if there was anything else. But but I think what happened was we woke up that next morning and we had a game plan. Like we were going to go and we're going to park and we're going to camp and we're going to be there for the next, however many days until, you know, we, we get the job done. And I think, um, that is what we needed to do. Obviously you knew that I, I don't think I did, but that's when we started seeing deer again. And we started, I mean, we had some pretty close encounters and, and, uh, and, and so, once we how did you feel once we got back to the original spot and started you know i guess we planted a a, a base camp and started hunting in that area well i well right out of the truck we got dressed grabbed our stuff and we we just kind of said hey i'm gonna go this way i'm gonna go this way and i took off and i was going to the north and then you were still back at the truck and you happened to text me and say hey there's deer to the east of you yeah and so i i kind of quick uh you know game plan change and jump over the fence and you know head over to the other side of the public there and yeah there was a pile of deer i think there was 13 or 14 of them if i'm not mistaken yeah. and and i think there was like five or six bucks in that group yeah and i i, I really thought it was going to end up being a really good stock but they ended up taking a different route kind of ended up um just veering off towards uh, towards private I yeah. mean, make it short, you know. And I think what they did was they actually crossed into into private, but I, I don't know. Didn't you come to – I thought you came to full draw on one or – I did. Well, I came to draw as soon as – so as soon as the, the first little buck peeked around the corner, there was a doe after it, and then they all just started piling out in front of me. Well, they just worked from – I think they were at like 35 yards and then they just worked out to about 70 and and the biggest one he used a nice four by four, but I just at 70, I wasn't comfortable with all the eyes. Not that I don't practice that. I definitely practice that. And I, and I feel comfortable making that shot on, you know, it was, there was no wind that day or anything, but, um, I just didn't feel comfortable with all the eyes. So I let down and, and when I let down, I, they just kind of all looked around and then they just bounced off, you know, but right there I knew, Hey, we're in the deer, you yep. know, we can come back and, and we're going to see them. So, yeah. And so on that particular morning, I believe, um, uh, late that same morning, I saw two more 
bucks come out like they, they were just legal right they were like two four corns they were both yep. just legal deer and i was one was parallel in the road and i was paralleling it down on the ditch on the opposite side and i was getting ready to hop across the road ahead of it uh, in a, this little tree thicket to draw back and get one and a blue truck came this blue truck came down the road yep, and, yep, and that's right. I actually used that blue truck as it was, as it was going down the road, I was running alongside of it on the opposite side. So the deer couldn't see me. And then yep. I hopped, but then he kept going. And then I got, I think they smelled me is what happened. And then they turned around and ran away. But the, the cool thing is, is that we, we identified uh, after that and uh, the next evening we kind of identified a pattern and what these yeah. what these mule deer were doing uh, to the point where i don't know what your thoughts were but it was almost i mean our shot with the mule deer was going to be in the it was going to be in the in the mornings yeah i was going to say i i in that particular spot i feel like they were not huntable at, at night in, in the afternoons I, right. I feel like in the afternoons that's when we saw the whitetail and the whitetail pretty much took over the landscape and then the mule deer would come back through in the mornings and that's what made that public piece hard was it wasn't necessarily there was no food there that the mule deer were necessarily interested in um so they must have been eating somewhere else in the afternoons and as far as bedding i think if they bedded once you were lucky, but I don't think you were going to catch them in a second bed on public. I think they yeah. were heading to their destination on private. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was, by the way, this was further confirmed that, so I shot, I shot my buck in South Dakota. Then I dropped back down to this spot, uh, in Nebraska, yep. uh, after I dropped, uh, my, my deer off at a, uh, uh, at a game or a meat processing plant or, uh, a butcher. Then I went into Nebraska and then I um, uh, went back to that spot and I really did get to identify the true pattern here. And they were coming back to bed on public just for a little bit. But then like I would lose them in that big terrain that you, you know, that yep. you mentioned earlier. And so um, you almost had to be right on top of them when they or ahead of them. And then God forbid they smell you. So in the mornings they were coming off of, I'm, I'm assuming they were coming off of the same food sources that the whitetail were, the whitetails were going after. Yeah. But just at a later time in the night. Right. And so like right. they were just cycling through different areas and then hitting that right before coming back to bed, maybe getting a drink of a water out of a cattle tank somewhere and then heading back to, uh, to their beds. And sometimes that bed was on public and sometimes that bed was on private. Yeah. 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 And that, so, so to touch base with what you said about the cattle tanks and stuff. So the previous year I was out there, a lot of the cattle tanks were actually empty and they were shut off. They were not running. And I do know we talked to a rancher and he left them running for, for his cattle, I guess. And he actually had kept them running for the mule deer and deer, the one the elk that were in the area too, from what from what he had told us when we were there. Yeah, yeah, which which helped keep the deer, the deer there, right? So yes. the cattle had yep. the cattle had since been moved out, and then the, uh, and then he left the guy left the tanks on, and I mean, 
when we, when I walked by some of those cattle tanks, I could definitely see deer prints. Um, I didn't necessarily know what kind of deer they were, but like, white tail, right. you know, they were white tail and, and mule deer, if I had to guess. Yeah. So, um, and, and so then we were just almost like waiting, right? I mean, did we ever, did we, those, we were, we were going to play the card that was dealt to us with the area of the, uh, the, that public that we, cause we, I think we, me and you both made the agreement that we didn't want to be that group of guys who went in to try to interrupt or, or on top of another, those other two guys. Yeah. So that was, that was the biggest thing is like, we, we had scratched that one for the longest time. And then, I mean, obviously, you know, we, I think it's rude if you, if you backdoor somebody, I mean, we could have easily backdoored those guys and, you know, messed up their hunt or, you know, perhaps even killed a deer or something. And then, you know, they're sitting there like, well, I mean, you kind of came in on us. And, and I think that's one thing that, you know, hunters could respect each other with is if you see a guy hunting and you've talked to him a couple of times and they've got Intel on these deer, let them finish out their hunt, you know? Yeah. And they were sharing that with us. I mean, we we were sharing Intel with them. They were sharing Intel with us. They had these deer pegged. I believe, uh, one guy had a, uh, a couple like drawback moments on, on some of these yep. deer that didn't, that didn't pan out. But then, man, it was like two days later, I believe they, they ended up taking off. Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point, man, I, I believe that's when you, you went in on that area because you had all that Intel. And I think that's when I got focused on that whitetail buck. That was yeah. You had a couple. Yeah, you had a couple really good encounters on a, a good ten point there. Yeah. So I and and that's the thing. Like the whitetail, they were real heavy in the um, in the afternoons. The mule deer were heavier in the in the mornings. And so on. There was just one night where you went and did your thing, and I went and did my thing, and I just accidentally ran into this. I'd put him at maybe a one thirty class, maybe a little lower maybe 125, 130 class, uh, 10 point whitetail. And, um, I, that's where I kind of plan it out the next handful of days to try to, um, uh, get a crack at that guy. And I had a, man, I had an opportunity that one night. I, I, I just, I was at 63 yards and I was trying to close five more yards and I, I, I was going down this big hill and then I stepped on a twig and it was just like crack. I mean, it, it was so quiet. I mean, it was windy up top, but then it was just absolutely crazy of, uh, of, uh, of how loud it ended up being. And he, he pegged me and he was off. And then I had another, Oh, like a 90 inch eight pointer that I had, a I got close on, but I, I, I had located this little area and I was trying to work that while you were out working the area. Once those guys left that you had all your Intel on. And so I think, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. We were hunting as a team for a while until we both kind of started coming up with our own game plans. And then we kind of went our separate ways. Yeah, I, I think I think we kind of got to a point where about about middle of the trip, you know, about the time that we got to the hotel and we were pissed at each other, it was, you know what, 
somebody needs to shoot something, we need to take advantage of, you know, we're, we're going back to where we originally saw a deer. Uh, let's figure out what they're doing and let's go get a deer. It yeah. wasn't, you know, and, and, and keep in mind, uh, you know, at that point, and this is what everybody should think about when you're doing an out-of-state hunt, because, I mean, you can have these great big expectations about shooting, you know, a great big 4 by 4 or 170-inch whitetail or whatever. But in reality, take the experience in and and shoot, shoot what is going to make you happy, but also shoot something that is going to fill the freezer, put meat on the table, and then just enjoy the whole process of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we definitely did. We definitely kind of went our own separate ways and and dove in from there. And, you know, in the afternoons, I was hunting a lot of whitetail does and probably could have filled my tag on them. Um, but in hindsight, they were really small does. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were tiny. Did, did one pick you off while you were drawing or you were just like screwing around? You, you weren't going to shoot her. You just were drawn to see see if she'd catch you or something you were under that pine yeah, tree yeah so yep i was i was basically just sitting on the ground and ba- uh backed up next to a tree and i i drew on her and i had ample amount of time to shoot her i mean i could easily shot her i think she came into about 30 yards and um i just i wasn't we weren't quite done you know we, yeah. we still had two or three days left and i just i wasn't gonna fill my tag with that even though at that point i could have still gone and bought another tag right i uh I just, I waited out at that position, you know, cause I mean, we, we, we were hunting in hot weather. It was yeah. hot. And, um, I just, I just felt like, well, we're going to be sitting here with, you know, a 90 pound doe in 90 degree weather yeah, for two, three days, you know, and I didn't want to be a inconvenience in the system then at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, as far as the trip is concerned, I think what, what happened is, like, where do you think the all the error came into play as far as me and you not being on the same page? Um, I think maybe one of the things I, I probably should have, for me personally, uh, brought up in question would have been, so if you've been to an area, so so you've been to South Dakota, I don't know, three, four years now. Yeah. Um, and, and you know roundabouts where deer are. If you have a general idea of where the deer are, that's probably plan A, right? right? So if you get to plan A and you see deer, what would make you switch to plan B? Yeah. And, and I think that would have been the question that I would have asked in, in you know, in a roundabout way. Like, and, and that's something that could deter somebody from saying, hey, I'm going on this trip with this guy, but uh, he's probably going to go to plan B, C, D, and right down the line, and then we'll end up back at plan A, you know, on day three or four. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's just the reality of it. Did I did not regret going to uh, any of those spots because I'd never been to them. Yeah. You know, so for me, it was also, yeah, it was also a learning experience. Is this something that I feel like I could hunt the following year? Yeah. You know, and then uh, we haven't talked about the fact that I did go back uh, in October uh, for a short trip. It was just a three day trip. And uh, I actually missed one. Um, I had a group of deer come in and I was on the ground and I had one little yucca plant that I was standing next to and I was trying to use the terrain. And I ranged the first doe that came up and she pegged, pegged me uh, right away. And then there was four or five other deer that came in. They all stayed there. Um, then I ranged a spot where this, this four by four was going to come to. And I thought he was going to step into about 60 yards and 
th- this is something that everybody should remember. It, you have more time than you think. I did not range that deer when he stepped into the open, and I should have. He yeah. was probably at 65, 68 yards, somewhere in there, and I shot right over his back. Um, and he was a great buck, you know, and, and then I kind of tucked my tail after that and ended ended my hunt. I slept uh, slept overnight and then drove home the next day, you know, and um, I, I feel like there's there's good opportunities that you can learn on each stock, and, and you just got to you gotta memory bank that stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's a great point. And then as far as... So as far as you, going back to what you said about having a plan A, B, C, D, like I think we had a plan A, but then it was derailed and we didn't have a plan B. We were just like, just, we didn't, we didn't like, we didn't talk about what plan B was, what plan A was or what, you know, like plan A was, Hey, let's go to this place first. This is where I have a whole bunch of Intel from previous years that got derailed right away. And then it just became basically a Sunday drive at that point. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's on me because I was the guy who was like, Hey, well, let's go check out this spot. Let's go check out this spot. And so what happened was, um, plan a got way watered down because there was no, like we weren't, we weren't, there was no plan after we left plan a. And so finally, when we got back to it, that's when like everybody just started to really voice their own opinions uh, and be specific and more detailed in the conversation. Right. And so when it comes to, when it comes to a guy listening to this and maybe he's going on a, on a a first time trip to someplace with someone maybe he just met or knows, but has never hunted with before, or maybe just met him. What do you think those conversations should be like for them to really get on the same page and, and really have a, a solid plan when they get to their destination? Well, I, so that's the one thing that we probably never talked about when we talked on the phone before we actually met was I'm a planner and yeah. I have to have everything just planned out, you know, according to how I want it. And so each year I do a trip, I have a plan A, B and C. And I have some backups, you know, they might not be DE enough, but I have some backups, you know, and I do as much as I can scouting, uh, you know, using all the maps and tools that we have at our fingertips. Um, you know, if it's a state that I can get into, you know, obviously I, I utilize the, the fact that I go, I'll go and scout it. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest things that you need to do is, is to plan and say, Hey, let's let's set this in stone let's check this place first let's check this one second let's check this one third and if you've checked your boxes there then i think you can actually say all right let's look at the maps let's see what's open and then let's dive into something else yeah i guess i I really feel like if you hit three spots i think you're going to come up with something in one of those three spots that's going to make you stay and and you're going to enjoy your trip because you know like everybody, I mean, most trips are seven to 10 days and that's all you get. And your season's over in that state. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. And so when, and I, I think the conversation of what you just said is awesome, but to put a little bit more detail in it is what will it take for us to leave plan a or, 
to go to plan B? What will it take for us? Like what I mean by that is, is it going to take a lot of pressure from other hunters? Is it going to take no deer? Like make sure that you and your, you and the other guy you're with, because there, there might be a guy who only wants to shoot, you know, a 140 class and the other guy's like, Hey, I'll shoot anything. Right. So if you're, if you're moving around for the guy who wants to shoot a big antlered buck, then the other guy, he, you know, he, he may be happy with where he's at, you know, or, or so what I'm getting at is the, the conversation of what it's going to take to leave a spot or leave a, a, a specific plan to go to the backup plan. Yeah. So, so to back up, uh, you know, quite a bit, the first year I went with my brother-in-law and, you know, he was on a game with, he would shoot whatever was legal, I think. Yeah. Um, and me, I had big hopes and dreams and, you know, of shooting a great big mule deer and stuff and hadn't done as much research on like what, what to expect when you go to a certain area and what size means, you know, and, and that's where I go back to what I said earlier about take the whole process in and enjoy, enjoy the hunt. And if that hunt involves, you know, shooting a legal buck, you know, uh, six inches on both sides or whatever it may be, um, enjoy that because, you know, it's short, you know, and and we know in this crazy world that we live in, it's not just about the antlers on the wall. It's about the meat in the freezer. And, you know, I just, uh, we we just lost uh, a whole uh, freezer full of meat, you know, our freezer went out and uh so, so I, you know, I think for me now going forward, I think I'm going to have a different, you uh, know, uh, outlook on what I'm going to shoot and what's going to make a hunt valuable to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a really good, you know, that's a really good, uh, I don't know, uh, conversation that needs to be had between you and the, you know, you and whoever's listening to this and, and the person that they're going with to determine, Hey, do I want to do this? as a per you know in a group of people or just do it by myself and so um and so outside of that though um anything else that you that you can think of that we should have talked about before getting into like going into this hunt so that we could have potentially avoided some of the flare-ups or some of the the miscommunication that we had um, I don't know. I mean, we sent each other pins on some intel that we had, some knowledge that we had, but we never really, you know, set in stone what our game plans were. I think that's one of the biggest, you know, uh, did you have plan A, B, and C? Do I have plan A, B, and C? You know, those are those are some big things that could really alter your trip. Obviously, we had planned on, you know, camping where we were hunting. We yep. agreed on that. We weren't going to get a hotel. I do think the... One thing a lot of people uh, have an issue with, which we did not, was exchange of money. How do we pay for this? Yeah. You know, how do we pay for that? You know, gas, whatever it may be. Um, I think that's one thing that can get a lot of people to, you know, and, and coming up with a, a common agreement on how you're going to split your gas, how you're going to split your hotel. Because you're, just face it, at some point in the trip, you're going to need a hotel, probably. Yeah. Um, you're probably going to have to shower or something. Um you know, all that stuff, I it, I don't really think we really missed anything other than the fact that we didn't have, like, a set plan other right. than plan A. Right, right. And and so from a from a, a schedule standpoint now, 
right? Me and you were, were talking about when we were going. And so I, I think about this and, and I wouldn't bring this up if the answer was different than this, right? But, but for me, this Nebraska hunt, because I go to South Dakota and because I have other trips planned and, and hunt Iowa and whatnot, for me, it pretty much has to be in September, right? And so right, right. for you, it sounds to me like you like going to that later time frame in October. Is, is that what you're planning to do this year? Yeah. So this year I'll probably do my, my original plan of, uh, you know, mid October, I'll head out again. Um, main reason is, is generally we have a frost and, um, but before that time frame, and the grass stops growing, it, it just, it slows down. So I can actually take a week off of mowing and, you know, then my schedule is kind of free for a week and I can come yeah. back and not have a huge headache. Uh, but on the other side of things like this year is going to be jam packed because I'll do that. And then, uh, I'll come home and basically we'll be Halloween time frame, and I'm going to hunt here in my home state for a week or, or, or two maybe. Uh, but I drew an Iowa tag this year yeah. and I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about that. So, yeah. And so I, and the reason I brought that up is because like, I would definitely go on a different hunt or on another hunt with you. But it, the only reason that I feel like we're not is because of just scheduling, right? September is probably too early for you because of work. And I already, yeah. like, I want to go to, I want to, I can't go to South Dakota in September because of rules and regulations. And at the same time, I can't fit like three weeks of hunting into one month. My wife, even though I'm stacked with brownie points, she would just be furious with me if I was gone, like, <laughs> gone 20 days of 30. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it, you know, I would love to go in, in September. Um, you know, but the workload this year has been phenomenal and uh, I've, I've scheduled a bunch of big projects for September and basically I'll be shutting the project stuff off at the end of September. And then I will start, you know, the, the year end cleanups and trimmings and stuff in October. And I can kind of pick and choose my dates a little bit better. Um, you know, not to say that I wouldn't want to go in September cause I would um, just time wise. It, yeah. it just, it, it's harder, especially on a year like this, we've actually had a lot of moisture and, um, we've stayed green we we have not really gone brown at all as far as grass goes and uh it just makes it hard then yeah for sure and i agree like if trust me if i could i would rather go in october in that october time frame just because of what you said at the beginning of the podcast and that's that's when the deer are moving more and and so if you're if you're battling a a heat wave and they're only moving at you know they're only moving at 20 minutes before dark or 30 minutes before dark and they're only moving an hour after sun up man you're in your truck or at camp a long time uh and you could yeah. i mean i i get it you could be out there scouting and you could be out there glassing and looking for them but when we had the pattern down and so it was if we started to make these big aggressive moves the only thing we were doing is pushing them further into being nocturnal or further onto public or private and yeah so it was like these these really quick strikes in the morning and afternoon and and then 
it was pretty much you did some scouting. I did some scouting. Went back to the truck, took naps, ate lunch, BS'd, shot her bows, and, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that there's something to be said, though, and I don't know if a lot of people think about this, but, you know, you have a season that opens September 1st, and that's when everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to be the first one there and stuff. I think there's something to be said about maybe waiting a week or two and taking advantage of, hey, that, that mad rush, you know, the doorbusters. Yeah they're gone now we now it's going to cool off a little bit and i think we kind of saw that when we went yeah. there was more there were still more people than when i went in october but i feel like there was less than what would have been the previous week yeah yeah for sure for sure uh other than that i had an uh, i had a fun trip I got to see some awesome new terrain um, that I'd never seen before. Some cool views. I mean, we did see some mule deer, uh, you know, some some shooter. I mean, I saw a shooter whitetail for sure. Saw a couple shooter mule deer. Most of those were on private, but uh, for the most part, man, I had a fun. I had a fun trip. Yeah, I did too. I had I had a lot of fun, and I'd never seen uh, going back to like Nebraska. I'd never seen the Rams before, and we had seen those when we went to that oh, third yeah. spot. I forgot about that. We saw yeah. the the bighorn sheep that they let they yeah. let out. Yeah, yeah. So yep. that was a that was a cool thing. Um, didn't see yeah. anything giant, but we did see. You know, they were all collared. Some of them were collared, and and they had uh, half curls, I guess you would call it, uh, on there. Yeah. So that was pretty. That was, uh, I thought they were sheep at first. I was like, oh, there's some sheep up there. Oh, my God, those are bighorns. So yep. that, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had a really good time. It was a fun trip. And I highly suggest to people, if you're, uh, you know, if you're in need of a hunting partner or if you're looking for somebody to, you know, to go with, reach out. Don't yeah. be afraid. Um, you know, obviously we live in a crazy world and stuff, so you got to be a little hesitant, you know. I mean, even though we're guys or girls, whatever you are, um, I would definitely not be afraid and, and get on the same page, you know. Yeah. Talk on the phone or, you know, do a do a Zoom Zoom call, whatever you got to do. Um, but, yeah, don't don't be afraid. You can, especially gas prices and stuff, I mean, you guys can – can get out and hunt and, and enjoy that together Absorb and make some a of new friend. Costs. Yeah. And make a new friend. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, man, this, this, uh, late summer here, we've been talking a lot about, uh, you know, other hunts and, and potentially hooking back up. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to say that hooking back up again and, uh, yep. uh, for another hunt. And, uh, sounds like, uh, uh one of those, uh, rest stop bathroom meetings. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you're only about three hours away, so if I'm bored. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, um, uh, but man, you know, it was, a, it was an awesome experience. Like you said, I highly recommend, you know, if you, if you don't feel comfortable going alone per se, there's plenty of guys out there who are probably thinking, you know, guys are gals. I don't know how my wife would feel if I met a woman online and decided to go on a, a out of state hunt for eight days with her. I don't, I don't think she would allow that. She, she might not quantify as a creeper. Let's right, put it exactly. That way. Exactly. Something else. So, yeah. um, Hey man, I, I really appreciate, I did have fun on that hunt with you. I really appreciate you, uh, um, taking time out of your night to hop on this uh, podcast and BS with us. I think it's a really good learning experience for people to to kind of understand this story. And uh, man, I, I hope you find success uh, in Nebraska when you go. I hope you find success in Illinois and for sure in Iowa. 
Yeah, definitely. You too, Dan. I know you got a bunch of trips planned and hopefully it's a, it's a good fall. So. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Jason, man. Really appreciate uh, that first hunt that we did. Really appreciate uh, you hopping on today. I know it was uh, late when we recorded. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to hop on and uh, give the Nine Finger Chronicles a listen and the Sportsman's Empire. Man, we're growing. We We had two more podcasts join in the last week, and one was the whitetail experience podcast really good podcast and the other one was the antler up podcast uh, a really good uh, uh, podcast as well so be sure to check out those two and i really honestly feel we have the best lineup in my opinion and it's stuff that's going to educate you entertain you and uh and in the in probably the most relatable way possible so go check out all the podcasts on the sportsman's empire uh, podcast network sportsmansempire.com and last but not least man good vibes right if you're going to be in a tree wear your safety harness put those good vibes out in the world you'll get them back and that just makes everybody much happier man so i think that's it on today's episode have a good day and we'll talk to you friday